You're listening to a Sunday morning message from Glory Day Lutheran Church in Houston, Texas. Thanks for joining in. For more information about Glory Day and next steps you can take with us, check out gdlc.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at GDLC Houston. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. This morning we celebrate the first Sunday of the new year with the celebration of the Epiphany. The day the church observes the arrival of the wise men, the magi, bringing their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to the Christ child. You know, there's something magical and mysterious about the age-old picture. Across the continent, over desert sand, Beneath the silent stars trudges a curious caravan. From the east and distant lands, these men must have read signs in the evening sky, sensing an incredible truth that few others recognize. Remember, there's a wise man. But what do we know about these guys? What were they seeking? And why such a precious invitation given to them, most likely these pagan kings. It's amazing paintings and songwriters, as you just heard, historians and theologians, we just can't seem to agree. You see the Magi as monarchs, magicians, astronomers, ambassadors. Three kings, three wise men. We like to envision them as is up in here, this Incredible, colorful, and exotic attire, and you got to have a camel with them. I tried talking Beth into getting a camel for camel rides this morning. I just couldn't find a camel to pull it off. You got to have fun in the new year, right? (laughs) Where did they come from? We don't know. How many were there? We really aren't sure. How do they know to follow the star? We're not told. And they were first sighted in the vicinity of Jerusalem asking questions, where is the newborn king of the Jews? In our text that was read for you earlier in the gospel lesson by Derek, they said in Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. These three wise men or magi just seemed to come mysteriously out of nowhere to pay homage to a newborn king and then just as mysteriously they are gone scripture scripture doesn't give us much detail but i mean we got christmas girls and we've got tradition and they've all taken a couple of liberties (laughs) again tradition says there's three in number Tradition gives them the names Casper, Melchior, and Balthazar. Tradition tells us they were baptized by Thomas, and when they died, that their bodies were preserved in Constantinople, and that centuries later, their bones were moved to Cologne, and if you have the price of admission, you can still see their bones to this day. But that's all tradition and conjecture. So what do we really know about them? The safest conclusion is that we know they, well, we say they're from Persia because of the term magi. 
and primitive Christian art in second century Roman catacombs dresses them in Persian garments. And the majority of the church fathers and historians interpret them as Persian. Whatever the origin of these Eastern sages, their visit was of great significance for later Christianity. Because think about this. These magi were pagans. Not Hebrews, not the chosen people. They were Gentiles. And the fact that these Gentile magi performed the same adoration as Jewish shepherds symbolizes for me the universal outreach for all of Christianity. Male and female, Jews and Greeks, slave and free. How would they know about the Messiah? Well, you have to go back to like the book of Daniel and the Egyptian captivity. That maybe they heard and were from passed down from generations, the Messiah from the Jews scattered throughout the country since their captivity. They have, may have read the prophet Daniel since he was a prominent leader in Babylon and Persia centuries before. Somehow they had knowledge of a Jewish Messiah and through this special star, God revealed to them the Messiah's birth. But it begs the question for me, why shepherds and why wise men? People that just, that doesn't make sense. Why a stable? Why a virgin? Why a poor couple? I mean, you can go down. Why, 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 why? I believe it's a reminder to us that God comes to all people, seeking us first, that we may then seek him in first in all things. I mean, we can argue till the cows come home, especially in this community, about what the star was, Haley's Comet, an abnormality, pillar of fire in the wilderness. Whatever it was to guide them, it was there, then disappeared, then reappeared to lead them to the very house where Jesus was. But what's amazing to me was their response. They were clear in purpose. We have come to worship him. Whether they knew his divine nature or not, we don't know. But it's interesting that their words and actions point more to something than an earthly king because they gave no such worship to Herod. Was this the one born king of the Jews, the one Daniel described as one like the Son of Man, to whom was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him? Matthew provides one word, house, but the Magi, when they arrived, their rustic birthplace of Christmas Eve was no longer a stable, but a house. And so it seemed that there, again, it seems that a considerable time has passed 
and Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus have relocated their little family into a more suitable home, perhaps a distant relative to stay with until Mary could travel back home. The gifts, rather unique, they're not ordinary gifts from around the house. They were most likely not even products of their own country. There is no known gold native to Babylon. Frankincense and myrrh, the finest quality, come from India. And see, in those days, when gifts are offered, they had a significance. Gold is offered to a king. Frankincense offered to God, burned as a sweet-smelling sacrifice. Myrrh served as a reminder of death, used for embalming process. And so, again, you may have heard this. Gold offered to the king of kings. Frankincense offered to our high priest. Myrrh given to the one who would die for all people. Three gifts of great significance, great value. But have you ever thought about this? Maybe the gifts provided the necessary resources for Mary and Joseph to relocate to Egypt and their escape, to return back to Jerusalem years later, and finally relocate to Nazareth. Hmm. But back to the wise men. As we finish up this whole Christmas season with the theme, Experiencing Joy, we've talked about what it means to experience joy in the presence of God, to experience joy in our own continents, countenance, that people might see the joy of the Lord in us. We've talked about experiencing joy in our struggles, in our worship, in our praise, in the birth of Christ. And so now I would love to have the conversation of how do you experience joy now in the new year? And like to look at the visitors from the east as a recipe for how we can live out 2022. So let's just say it like it is. We just survived 2021, right? I look back at my message from this time last year. I said, we just survived 2020. And I said, man, 2021 has got to be better. I am not going to say that this year. So we say, hey, brand new year, it's going to be so much better, right? I don't mean to burst your bubble, but what has changed from December 31st to January 2nd? Not a whole lot. So here's what I'm wondering. Is there a lesson we can learn from these wise guys? Two things. Seeking Jesus king as king in spite of the difficulty of the process and two, seeking Jesus as king in spite of the disappointment. Because if 2022 is anything like 2021, there's going to be disappointment. There is going to be distractions. And there are going to be difficulties. Let me see some other Ds. There may be defeat, maybe discouragement, all kinds of stuff. The thing about this, these 
visitors from the, from the east were seeking Jesus as king in spite of the difficulty of the process. I want to remind you about this trip. It was a long, difficult journey. They didn't hop on a jet. It took them months, maybe even a year. And these are probably fairly well-to-do guys, used to very comfortable dwellings, giving up their usual comforts. There's no interstate, there's no cars, no hotels, not even a Bucky's. I mean, how do they do it? There were nights in the cold, and there was a constant danger of robbers. And when they finally got to Jerusalem, they had trouble getting directions to the right place. Why go through all this hassle? What's in it for them? Were they looking for some help to solve them in personal problems? Maybe they were going to gain a new position in the king's court? No. They can't even talk with this king. He's one to two years old, and it's going to be about 30 more years before he begins his public ministry. There's nothing in it in this trip for the Magi. It didn't say, we saw his star from the east, and we have come to get something from him. The point is, for 2022, when God calls you out to follow him, we follow in obedience. What do we say a disciple is? Seeking Christ first in all things. One who is devoted and obedient to his word. One who loves and serves others, not expecting anything in return. So why did they do this? You see, why would we do this? Why would we seek him out? Well, first and foremost, he sought us out. And he's called us to faith. He gave us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And that in his death, we have life. And so our response is, can we live out 2022 seeking Jesus as our King, as our Savior, as our Lord, as our Savior, in spite of the difficulties around us. Because I would argue that is how we're going to experience joy in the new year. Think about the frustration. There was a whole town oblivious to the Savior in their midst. And in spite of that, the wise men continue on. They travel over an incredible distance, over a long period of time, and when they arrive, they begin asking, where is he? We saw a star in the east. The street vendor says, I haven't heard of any king, but what can I sell you? They ask others, where is your newborn king? And they receive funny looks and shrugs. 
we must be asking the wrong people, they think. So they go over to the temple precinct, ask the rabbis, where's your king? Rabbis don't know of any newborn king. They point them to Herod's palace. They go to Herod. Herod doesn't know anything about it, but he gets ticked. So much so that he destroys all the male children, two years and younger. But even with these unique visitors coming to Jerusalem, the religious leaders weren't curious enough to follow them. In spite of the difficulties that we may face in 2022, I believe seeking Christ first in all things will bring us joy. The second thing, the wise men were seeking Jesus as king in spite of their disappointment. Again, put yourselves in, yourselves in the Magi's sandals. Did you get that? You are paying attention, right? It's too early in the morning, I guess. They advised the king of Persia. They used to live in royal settings. After seeing this star, they started a long journey. There had to be some expectations they had about who this king would be and what kind of conditions he would be living in based on the star that they saw. They go to Herod's palace. He's not there. Maybe he's in one of the king's vacations homes. He's probably surrounded with gold, waited on by many attendants. But what did they find? Matthew 2.11 tells us they came into the house and they saw the child with Mary, his mother. We know that they moved into more permanent quarters, common home, common working class parents, and a common looking child. No fancy robes, no attendance, no palace, not even a hint of royalty. And yet, the verse continues, they fell down and worshiped him. It doesn't make sense. These wise men sat on a journey with little idea what they would find, where they would go. But when they got there, they fell down in worship, in the presence of Jesus. And then they opened up their treasures and they gave him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, some 2,000 years later, I want to remind you, the baby in the manger and that child now in the house, the one crucified and resurrected is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, the Savior of the world. Is there something we can learn from these visitors from the East? We just celebrated the greatest gift of all, the birth of Jesus. A gift that means forgiveness, new life, salvation, and a promise fulfilled. How do we respond? Because 2022 is going to be filled with distractions and detours and disappointments and difficulties. And in spite of all that, the wise men were obedient and they came seeking Jesus 
and offered him their best. And in those gifts, there at his feet, the wise men laid gifts already pointing to the day Jesus would hang on a cross. So friends, I want to remind you, Jesus has a gift for you today. It's a gift of forgiveness. It's a gift of salvation. It's a gift of eternal life. He's given us the gift of his Holy Spirit all for free all paid for by his sinless death on the cross and glorious resurrection from the dead. So just like the Magi, we begin this new year in worship. Like the Magi, we can bring our gifts, not just of our finances, I'm saying even bigger, of our lives before him. Just as a wise man came seeking Jesus, can we not take a new look at 2022 and regardless of the distractions and difficulties and disappointments, seek Christ first in all things and live a life that says, God, whatever I do, I'm going to do it for you. Even in the ordinary, even in the routine, even in the mundane, even in the challenges, even in the setbacks, even in the celebrations. God, I want to do this for you. And when we do that, life takes on a brand new meaning. The shepherds return glorifying and praising God. The Bible reminds us whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. So what would happen if 2022, as we seek Christ first in all things, that we give him our lives and everything we do is done for the glory of God? Would that not bring joy to our lives? Let me give you an example. God, I'm going to take out this garbage for your glory. God, I'm going to make my bed for your glory. God, I am going to do this job for your glory. God, I am going to fight traffic on 45 for your glory. God, I'm going to go to this place that I can't stand, this job that I hate or whatever it might be, and I'm going to give you the glory in spite of what's happening around in my life. Would that not allow us to experience joy in a new year? Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. As we worship the King, Christ the Lord, to God alone be the glory. Thanks for joining us. We hope God used this time to turn your heart more towards him. Be sure to check out Glory Day online at gdlc.org for next steps you can take. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at GDLC Houston as we help more people live life with Jesus every day.